Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 11.06, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. What a beautiful day. My gosh, this would be a beautiful day for racing. Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway. How are you, buddy? I am doing great. The sun's out. We have race cars. Uh, what more could you ask for? I can't. I can't ask for much more. What's going on over at the track? Uh, this weekend we're having the... Uh, uh, National Muscle Car Association and National Mustang Race, uh, Racing Association Super Bowl event that they do one time a year. Both groups to come together for a big event and had uh, just over 450 participants. And unfortunately, today has been the first great weather day we've been able to give them. So we're uh, we're cranking through a whole lot of race cars right now. I think we're going to have a lot coming up here in August. Although the news came out that the IndyCar doubleheader scheduled for Mid Ohio next weekend has been postponed because of the spike in coronavirus cases around the nation, Chris. So I guess that means that we won't see anything until the Indy 500, August 23rd. Is that right? That's what it's looking like now, yes. Well, they'll be doing their uh, their qualifying here in just a couple of weeks at that Indy, so they'll start a couple of weeks out. But, yeah, Ohio has been having some challenges from the very beginning, and uh, I have a very good friend that runs Eldora Speedway out in Ohio, and he's been keeping me in the loop. And he he told me a couple weeks ago, he said, it's going to be real close if they're able to pull this off. And, you know, just unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. It is a little unfortunate. I, I think that when you look at your situation and you have a double header coming, that's a lot of planning. I mean, you got to plan and be ready to go. Uh, who knows? I mean, as we see in Major League Baseball and in other sports, this is literally a day-to-day situation. I had somebody ask me the other day, how long until baseball calls it a season? And I said, you know, I've been saying the same thing since March 12th. Let's get to tomorrow. 
Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. That's that's the funny thing about some of this too is the way it has changed. Uh, even before we got to the point that we were working with IndyCar on a final schedule for the race weekend, I was going through a lot of things behind the scenes, working on how we were going to make some of this work. And uh, currently on my desk is uh, schedule version 21. That we this is over the course of the last three weeks, we've had 21 different variations on the schedule. And at one point, we had a uh, version 19 A, B, C, and D with <laughs> a whole lot of things that were factored in. Where we were just trying to to work the jigsaw puzzle and the logistics on how we can uh, can do this. And I think we're in, in good shape. Uh, the size of our facility really lends itself well to what we're trying to do. And uh, the ability to park all of our people on on site um, without having to rely on shuttles and things of that nature to get people to and from that's that's some of the issues that some of the uh, road courses and street courses are going to face is just how they get the people in and out of the venue. But we have a pretty uh, streamlined operation here. We're going to work at you know, 20% capacity is our plan, and uh, gives everybody plenty of room to uh, to spread out and to do this the proper way. The what's Indy 500's capacity going to be? I heard 20, 30 percent. Uh, right now, the latest uh, it, uh, they made some changes earlier this week. It looks like it's going to be around 25 percent. 25 percent. So their capacity yeah. is 350 thousand, right? So that's, that's a, true. That's a lot of, yeah. Still so a lot of people. people. They've got a lot of work. Yeah, it's still a lot of people, but you know anybody who's ever been there, that place is just so massive. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been there for some events before where there was a hundred thousand people and you thought the place was empty. I mean, it was just right. that's just the way it is. It's so easy to spread out. Yeah, I was there one time in the infield and we parked as close to the start finish as we could when I was in college and we thought we were the smartest people in the world. I mean, we got the best party spot right next to all the action. It was awesome. Yeah. The problem was we were the last ones out of the facility, and I mean the <laughs> last ones. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like two days later our car started moving. <laughs> I, I was probably the guy behind you on the way out. <laughs> well, that's part of as you, as you mentioned too. Part of it, it's not just sitting in the seats, and this goes for all sports, mm -hmm. by the way. It's the concourses. Not in in your case, you're all outdoor, but in mm -hmm. in stadiums, in getting in and out of the building. There's a lot that that, and I'm sure you can respect this as a general manager of a major facility. There's a lot that these sports have to consider. Once they do start reopening, a lot of these sports are participating in a bubble right now or with no fans. But when you start reintroducing fans to the mix, there's a lot to consider, isn't there? There is, and that's one of the things. Uh, you know, when we look at it, it would be fantastic to have a venue where you had enclosed uh, uh, concourses and uh, you know areas where people could get in and out of the. Uh, the sun, you know, that's what everybody wants is to have that really nice structure with uh, with all that. Right now, I'm thankful that we haven't really uh, finished all the long-term plans we have for this, uh, this venue because uh, everything we have is completely open. So whether you're going to our concessions, it's all open air. Uh, if you're accessing the grandstands, it's all open air, uh, the walkways. Everything we have for the general fan to access, they're out in the open. So that's that is one of those times where this is really a blessing. You know, other than when you're going under the grandstand up into the seats, you know, but that's just for you know a few steps. Everything's really far out there, and that's that's great for us because we're not inside a physical structure, and it also makes it a whole lot easier for us when it comes time to go in and do the uh, the sanitizing between events and just to maintain the facility uh, as we prepare for this. This is Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, August 29th and 30th. 
twin 200-lap IndyCar races at the raceway. You're going to do it on the 29th and the 30th. So the first race is going to be held on Saturday, the second race on Sunday. The weekend is going to be known as the Bomberito Automotive Group Race to Mega Savings Weekend. This is some uh, thing that you had to jump on, didn't you, this opportunity? <laughs> we couldn't pass it up. You know, number one, when Roger Penske comes to you and, and uh, makes a, an offering like that, you, you are going to take it. Uh, number two, we saw this as an excellent opportunity uh, for us and for the Bomberito Automotive Group and their sponsors to uh, to showcase what we can do. So now instead of one nationally televised event, uh, uh, IndyCar event, we're going to have two nationally televised races. Both of them are going to go off at uh, the show starts for the IndyCar segment at 2 o'clock each day with a green flag at uh, 2.40. Uh, so we're going to be on the, the networks. Uh, we don't know exactly. There's some things that are moving around. It looks like one day will probably be NBCSN and the other day will be NBC. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity there by doing that. And so, uh, we, you know, we couldn't pass it up. It really, it uh, when we look at all the things we've been through this season, this is one bright spot for us in that we can showcase uh, the Bomberito brand, the, the worldwide technology brand, to this national audience on two occasions. And that's just two out of four nationally broadcast races that are going to be taking place over that 48-hour uh, period. That's right. You're going to have the IndyCar race on Saturday, followed by the ARCA Menard Series event. And then on Sunday, the IndyCar race will be preceded by an 11 a.m. green flag for the NASCAR Truck Series event. That is something. you got four events in one weekend. And it's one big jigsaw puzzle to try to make it all fit. We're going to have uh, one of the great things about this is NASCAR has really modified the, their approach to how they bring vehicles in and out and the on-track activity. And um, so for the truck series, when they hit the track for the race, that's the first time they're hitting the track. And it's uh, going to add some excitement to that show for sure. Uh, so what will happen with it, most of the teams will park the haulers on Saturday, but most of the crews and the drivers won't show up until Sunday morning when it's time to unload and go racing. They're all isolated in their little bubble so that they're not interacting with the people from the other series. So it's uh, it's going to really be interesting to see how this all plays out uh, over those co- couple of days. And, uh, you know, again, it's an opportunity that really uh, to, to pull this off, to showcase what we can do, it may help us in our efforts of landing bigger and better things here at the racetrack. And you know what I like? I like that spot uh, between turn four and the start-finish line. That's my favorite spot. I like to sit as high up as I can. I've got the skyline behind me, and it's a beautiful view of the track. However, if you're going to be opening the Wallace, uh, what do you call it, the Wallace Grandstand, uh, which is right, out, yeah. that that monstrous one that you see off of 70 between turns mm-hmm. one and two. If you're going to open that up, I'd kind of be interested in what that view looks like because you can see the skyline that off is, to your left in that situation, right? That one is absolutely spectacular. And uh, the, when I, shortly after I first got here uh, uh, nearly eight years ago, I walked to the top of that grandstand and was just blown away. It was better than anything we had out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's, I mean, it's one of the best views in all of racing. Um, and it, it just works. And it's really going to come in handy for this particular event as we're uh, able to spread more people out um, by utilizing those areas. It's, it's going to be a fantastic view. And I encourage fans, if, you've, if you're coming out to the racetrack and you have any concerns, grab a ticket in that section, go up, and you'll be able to maintain distancing all the way through. And it's just absolutely spectacular because they're coming at you. So you're, you're watching them as they drive down the front straightaway. 
uh, how they maneuver their way through turns one and two. And it's like watching a rocket ship as they go back down the backstretch. It's uh, absolutely incredible. And again, you'll have to wear a mask for entry into the venue, and you're strongly recommended as an attendee to practice proper health recommendations prescribed by the CDC. Masks will be required while in common areas, such as restrooms, midways, concession areas, anytime you're six feet of, uh, you can't be six feet of distance from someone else. You'll be asked to wear a mask. They'll do temperature checks at all entry points. So, you know, food service is going to be uh, complete with state of Illinois recommendations and sanitation practices will be increased. You're going to have print at home, paperless ticket transactions preferred. You'll have clear market entry and exit pathways. You're going to try to make this, as you talked about earlier, hand sanitizer stations everywhere, uh, as safe as possible for a fan experience. Yeah, and this is something that when we were looking at things back in March, at the time we were starting this process thinking these are the steps that we would use just to get through the first few weeks of the season once we came back and with some of our uh, smaller events. And then as we saw what was going on, we started uh, uh, transitioning into preparing for the big event. And you know, in some ways, I think a lot of this is going to be for events uh, for the next for, for the foreseeable future for sure. Uh, so we've been working with a lot of groups from around the country. I've been doing a lot of traveling. I actually got back at uh, 3 a.m. this morning from Road America, who they were having an IMSA event this weekend. And uh, they've had an IndyCar race. They have the NASCAR Xfinity Series next weekend. They were doing IMSA this week. Uh, I took took off and drove up there just to see some of the other steps that they're taking and how they're uh, uh, they're doing the their sanitation and their screening, and uh, you know we, we learn a lot by going to other places, and it's been uh, very helpful in seeing what they were doing. And then on the way back, I stopped by uh, Rockford Speedway, uh, just a little mom and pop short track in uh, northern Illinois, and uh, was just watching some of the things that they were doing, and they were even going as far as to dismiss the different sections uh, or the fans by section just so that there's less uh, chance of people running into each other as they're leaving. So we're looking at a lot of different options on how we can you know, send people out different uh, exit points and uh, uh, just try to always stay one step ahead and doing things the right way. I wonder if the NFL and college football are watching you all right now. And there's a lot of similarities, big venue, tailgating, right? Parking in and out. I mean, I wonder how much is shared between sports entities. I know quite a few that are, are keeping tabs on what's going on uh, based on the feedback I'm getting from NASCAR and IndyCar. You know, one of the great things that I, I've been following uh, what's happening since the racetracks have been uh, reopening, and you know, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, they've been extremely diligent. Uh, with IndyCar, they started racing again on June the sixth, and they put out a report the night before last to that. Of all the events they've done so far, with all their screenings, with everybody inside the industry, inside the paddock, uh, and the garage areas, they haven't had a single case of uh, COVID-19 to pop up because everybody's following the procedures that they have in line. And then you take a look at what's going on with uh, uh, NASCAR, and they had Bristol. That's been three weeks ago that they had the all-star race in, in Bristol with 20,000 fans in attendance. And in that area, based on what they're seeing from where the fans came from, there has, there's been zero increases in those areas. So the steps that they're taking, it's going very well. And even uh, some of the things we were looking at with uh, other events that have been held there at Road America that have had spectators, uh, what we're starting to see are the fans are very responsible. And we're even seeing that on the local level with some of our smaller events. 
is everyone is uh, very willing to practice the social distancing and do the right thing to make this work. They all understand that we're all in this together. This is Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway, the home of IndyCar, NASCAR, and NHRA in St. Louis, and the only track, the only facility in America that has all three, or I should say in the world, right? Uh, Today, single day and weekend checkered flag, red reserved, and Wallace grandstand tickets are available at early bird pricing. Is that the case? That is correct. And one thing, too, I wanted to point out, in case we do have any of our uh, ticket buyers uh, who are listening to the show, uh, if if a fan bought the weekend package early on, we're honoring it for everything. So they're getting the ARCA race, they're getting the NASCAR race, and they're getting two IndyCar races. So we made sure that we took care of the loyal fans who believe in us. And we're also giving this opportunity, too, for the uh, the fans who want to grab a great deal. We're sticking with the the pricing structure that we had on early offers, and uh, uh, hopefully people will grab those tickets now. And like you said, it's a puzzle piece to a puzzle to move all these pieces around and get them in place, but also to adjust everyone's seating to make sure that everybody feels safe. August second, the early bird pricing, and also you'll have tickets on sale uh, at an advanced price tomorrow through August twenty eighth, and then the twenty ninth and thirtieth gate pricing on all remaining available tickets. For the Bomberito Automotive Group weekend, it is a weekend of racing featuring four races, two IndyCar races Saturday and Sunday, an ARCA race on Saturday, and an NASCAR Truck Series race on Sunday. It is uh, some project for Chris Blair, but he, he's familiar with these projects. It's probably some, uh, the, You're not familiar with uh, these times, although we're starting to get used to it and adjusting to it as best we can. Yeah, that's what I was telling some of our staff. We uh, it's like we're playing Tetris. The seating diagrams where we're assigning the seats so that we can make sure we keep groups together that want to be together, it can be together, and keep that uh, distancing apart from everyone. So, you know, we're trying to do everything we can to make sure that the fans have a good experience, but then at the same time do what's uh, safe and responsible. Well, I appreciate it very much you spending some time with us. The Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Weekend. We've covered a lot of ground here, but if you want to have it summarized on their website, just go to www.raceway.com and everything is right there for you. Chris Blair, thanks for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Always nice to have you on. Hey, anytime, and uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you a few more times between now and uh, August the 29th. I certainly hope so. I anticipate it, no doubt. (laughs) Thanks to Chris Blair for being with us. Tom Ackerman with us, president of baseball operations. John Mosellock is going to join us live in seven minutes from his hotel room in Milwaukee. The Cardinals self-isolating there after four positive coronavirus cases. Four cases are... At this point, inconclusive. We'll get an update from him at 11.30. The Cardinals' doubleheader today postponed as were Friday and Saturday's games in Milwaukee. And tomorrow's game in Detroit is postponed as well with Tuesday through Thursday, four games to take place all in Detroit, a Wednesday doubleheader. We'll get through all of that with John Mosellock at 11.30. For right now, we'll take a quick break. It's 11.24. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Tom Ackerman with you. John Mosella coming up in just a moment. Uh, Good news for the Illini. So how about Kofi Coburn is coming back, and so is Io DeSumo. 
Both players are coming back. They have uh, pulled their names out of the NBA draft, and they are ready to go. So they were uh, eligible, uh, but he has, Coburn has, withdrawn from the NBA draft, and he is absolutely awesome. I mean, he averaged 13-9 and last year as a freshman. He had 44 block shots. He's 7 feet, just under 300 pounds. Kofi Coburn is very difficult to deal with in the paint, and uh, Illinois has a very good big man and a very good guard in Desumu, and they are going to be hard to deal with. Uh, Brad Underwood, their coach, tweeted yesterday, we are just getting started. I'll tell you what, you know I grew up a Mizzou fan, if, if you know me well, and you know that I'm an Indiana alum, but I have always been very close to the Illinois program, great people there, and the Big Ten is just better when Illinois is good. It's just the, the, it's just the bottom line. They're better when Illinois is good, and I look forward to them being good, and they are. They are going to be really good. I, I have my fingers crossed that college basketball can be played this fall and winter. We'll be back with John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, next. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. It's 11.33 and joining us live, and we certainly appreciate his time, is Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, joining us from the team hotel where I would assume that you are still self-isolating at this hour. Mr. Mosellock, thank you very much for being with us today. Good morning. Uh, yes, still uh, in my room. Uh, you know, we're uh, still awaiting word on some testing. And, you know, once we receive that, it will really be kind of help determine what our next steps are. So there's a, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And we're just trying to remain patient. And unfortunately, you know, I wish I had more to share. But at this point, it's it's we're just sort of have to be uh, – Hurrying up and wait, as we sometimes say in the game of baseball. No, I completely understand that. And it's a large traveling party, somewhere in the neighborhood of 68 people, I think 58 people. So it's a process, certainly, that uh, you understood that you had to go through. If if something like this happens, you have to follow protocol. So what has happened, we go by what you've told us and made public. And that is that, and and correct me if, if, if it's anything different, but four positive tests, uh, four positive cases, COVID, of uh, three of those players, one staff member, and then you've also told us four inconclusive tests uh, so far, and that would consist of three staff members and one player. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And so, again, hopefully, like this afternoon, we have a better idea of what that looks like. Um, you know, for in a lot of ways, it's it's like what we hear about on the news every day or what we read about is you have to flatten the curve before you can really move forward. And so, you know, over the last couple of days, we've been trending in the wrong direction and, you know, hopefully we get some better news today. And all of those people are asymptomatic. Is that right? That is correct. Um, as of last night, I have not had an update this morning, but uh, as of yesterday, yes. And the plan as we stand right now is still, as we know, today's doubleheader is postponed. Tomorrow in Detroit, postponed as as your plans would be to go to Detroit and have some time to settle in, perhaps even uh, work out, and then start a four-game series over three days, Tuesday to Thursday in Detroit. That would be, as of right now, that's that's the plan, yes. 
as it stands right now. So what, what was laid out, I'm just letting people know in case they're just uh, getting this information. So Tuesday would be a game. Wednesday would be a doubleheader. Thursday would be a game. All in Detroit, but you'd be the home team in two of those. All of this, this logistics are... It's complicated, but you know, you and I have talked about this for since it seems like March, and I've kind of said this to a lot of people who have asked, "What's the future of baseball?" And since March twelfth, I said, "Let's just get to tomorrow." I mean, it it is literally a day to day situation. Yeah, I mean that's that's been my creed is is you know get through the day and and worry about tomorrow. Um, you know, I have a lot of people always asking me, like, well, what do you think about the club? You know, you didn't hit much in Minnesota. And I just really have not focused a lot on the baseball side. And I hope people can appreciate that. Yes, I, I do value that. I do understand that's important. But, you know, health and well-being of our players and our staff have to be on the forefront of our our thoughts right now. And, and that's what we're trying to manage. And so hopefully uh, – we get to a point where that does flatten, the curve flattens, and we can get back to baseball. I did have Mike Schilt on his scheduled show last hour. We went a little bit shorter than we normally would just because it didn't feel right to talk about baseball right now. We had one sponsored element where we did our memorable play, and we decided that was Tyler O'Neill's monster home run and then a catch an inning later uh, in Minnesota. Other than that, we really didn't talk a lot of ball. We talked more about the health and safety in current situation. One of the things we did get into, and I mentioned to him, I know he's not on social media, but the team certainly monitors it. It was just a lot of speculation in the innuendo, in some cases accusations that were flying yesterday. And he told me that uh, he appreciated me bringing it up, that he could tell me that right now his players have been responsible um, have been following protocol. And I think just overall, John, when you look back at how and why, isn't that what contact tracing is for? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, you know, we're, we're full throttle on that. I think we have, you know, a sense of, of how this may have begun. Um, you know, it's not, it's not something that I can discuss publicly in the sense of I don't want anybody to just get destroyed over you or the person. And I, I just don't think that's very helpful. But contract tracing is is essential if you're trying to understand how to contain. And, and so I really feel like when you're looking at like what the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team's going through, it's it's exactly what what schools, businesses cities, towns, and states, and frankly, our country are having to balance because, you know, to get to normalcy until you have a vaccine, it's it's about understanding how to contain. And, and that's all we can do. And as you point out, we have a 58-person traveling party. That does not seem like that should be overly complicated, but it can be. And and I can only imagine, you know, city officials and, and people that are dealing on a much larger scale what that's like and, and how frustrating it can be. You had you relayed to us in a Zoom call that two positive cases were sent home by car. Uh, it, that still is the the case. That are there any other any other movement in that way that you can share? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay, and uh, no, and and you know, going back to what you said, I, I think 
probably an important thing right now, well, not probably, but it is, is who has been exposed to this point. So not only how did this happen, and and you discover that internally, but where have those positives been and, and who else may have been exposed? The retesting continues, and then you find out a little bit more today. Yeah, I'm definitely a believer in the, the tracing system because a lot of what has come up over time has proved to be accurate. So, you know, again, hopefully we can get some containment on this and, and take a step forward. And when that step goes forward, you would be in Detroit playing baseball again, and that would happen on Tuesday through Thursday here. And then just, you know, in general, from an emotional standpoint and communication standpoint, uh, the teamwork app, Zoom, phone calls, texts, I'm sure you've been busy there as well as the team's uh, representative staying in touch with New York. I know you've been very busy from a business standpoint, but uh, there's a lot of that going. You got a lot of, a lot of human beings that are, that are dealing with a lot mentally. No, it's uh, as I tell a lot of people that ask, it's, these are, these are trying times. And um, you know, as, as I typically say, I'm day to day, but right now it's literally hour by hour on, on just sort of trying to get through things. Well, we certainly will let you get back to it. I know that you have a not only a roster to think about, but also uh, people to think about and results that are coming back. And I appreciate not only the information you provided us uh, through the media in your Zoom call yesterday, but here today talking to us on a one-on-one basis. Thank you for passing it along. Thank you for taking some time. And we will stay in touch with you on this and appreciate your ability to share. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. John Mosellock with us from the team hotel in Milwaukee as the team moves forward with their situation. Again, four coronavirus positive cases, four cases that are inconclusive. We're kind of in a holding pattern here until we get more information on those. The president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, with us on KMOX. We certainly appreciate that. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we have a very interesting story to pass along as we close things out here today. The former kicker of the St. Louis Battlehawks is doing something very special for the community, for frontline workers. And, you know, even though he's not part of a very popular sports team, a team that has since folded in a league that has since gone away, he is still using his name to do that for the community. We'll tell you who that is. We'll actually have him on live. We're going to get him on the phone. Don't go anywhere at 1145. A very positive story to close things out here today in a very difficult time during this pandemic. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calor International Sports on a Sunday morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. It is great to be along with you. It's 1146. And what a story this is. You have the former St. Louis Battlehawks kicker, Taylor Russellino. So if you remember, Taylor was, uh, this was really something this the whole battlehawk story was unbelievable i mean the first game that they played at the dome and taylor's on the line with us now well i'll get to him in just a moment but the first game that they played in the dome was unbelievable the the roar the crowd the party outside the tailgating the excitement for an xfl team for football to be back in st louis 
The one thing that I found amazing about it was the fact that no one really knew who any of these guys were, to be honest. I mean, the first game that they played, there was still, it was very new. But the fans were just enjoying being together and promoting St. Louis and partying again and seeing football again, sent a jolt through the crowd. And then as the season kind of went along, they started to latch on to the players, learn their stories a little bit. And they had some fun with this guy. He is Taylor Rossellino, the former kicker for the St. Louis Battlehawks, is with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing over there? I'm doing great here. And uh, you ended up uh, setting an XFL record with a 58-yard field goal, as a matter of fact. But going back to that time, before we talk about the wonderful thing that you're doing for the community, what was that like at that time? I mean, that crowd was unreal at the Dome, and I'm sure it was quite the experience going on the road with a team again. It was. It was um I mean, as you had mentioned, you know, leading up to this conversation, it was absolutely electric as far as, you know, the fan engagement, walking into that dome, everything from pregame to the tailgate to the arrival of us um, on the bus. I mean, it was, it exceeded expectations in every level. And, you know, it, it, it fed into our locker room, you know, that, that morning leading up to the game, you know, the energy, the, the, the readiness from the coaching staff to the players just to get out there and, and show the fans, um, you know, the, the work we've put in, you know, the four or five weeks leading up to that game. And then, you know, going into that first home game with a one and one record and really, really try to start off that home stretch with a, you know, with a huge, huge game and, and, and to, to go out there and put on a show, which was, you know, which is luckily what we did. And, and boy, was it fun. It was so much fun. The kick return is one of my favorite moments ever. I mean, I, I in in that building, and that's saying a lot because I've seen the Rams do some pretty special things in there. But that just was awesome. It was like the crowd was ready to explode, and they did. And the opener was so much fun, and the second game was fun. But you were go- about to open up the upper level of a dome against a Los Angeles team. I mean, I'm telling you, you'll never know because it didn't happen. But that would have been... The, one of the most remarkable St. Louis sports stories ever. They were going to come close to filling a dome for an XFL team that they had just gotten to know. And I assure you, even though my dear friend Kurt Hunziker says that that was not the goal of the team to feed into this narrative about the Los Angeles Rams, I promise you those fans would have sent a message that Los Angeles would have heard loud and clear, Taylor. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, you can hear some of the chants in the first couple of games of, of their opposition of, of uh, the owner of that organization, you know, just their disgust and, and I guess his betrayal of the city. But, but, you know, you could also see that mixed emotion with the excitement that they had a new team, they had a new, you know, a new team to root for um, a new brand, kind of a new, you know, like you said, new players to get to know. So, so playing, you know, we were looking forward to that game, obviously, like no other. And that would have been, I mean, just like you said, filling that dome up, you know, with a newly a newly funded startup football league that consisted of players that, you know, not many people really know their stories leading up to that. So, so that would have been an absolutely incredible thing. And, you know, obviously, like you said, we weren't able to get to that point. But, but you know, I mean, the future is bright for St. Louis football, I believe, whether it's XFL, NFL, or whatever comes that way. That city is going to stand strong behind whoever comes in there, for sure. I'm with you. If it happens, this city will support it. We've shown it before. 
Taylor, but everything was taken away. The league shut down. The Battle Hawks uh, were disbanded. What were your emotions at that time? It was, uh, you know, it, it was kind of, it was odd because no one's, no one's, you know, obviously everybody, including myself, has, has never experienced anything like that. Um, an abrupt shutdown due to a, you know, a global pandemic in which no one really knew anything about, you know, you know, it started out as a couple weeks shutdown to, you know, I mean, here we are four plus months into it and there's still a lot of unknowns with all this. Um, but, you know, the emotions were crazy because, you know, we were had, you know, we were coming off of, you know, a great start to the season, to the season, you know, we we're really starting to gel as a team, as a coaching staff. And, you know, we we're looking forward to our next five games to establish ourselves as, you know, one of the top teams, if not the top team in the XFL and, and, and kind of to see what happened, you know, the next five games and including playoffs. And then, and then also just to see, you know, what players were going to continue to exceed at that level that we were, you know, playing at, you know, such as Jordan Tiamo and, and some of the receivers and the, def, uh, the defensive guys that were really, really outstanding from games one through five, you know, and then some of those guys, you know, are now on NFL roster. So seeing, seeing guys like that get the opportunity and then kind of have it ripped away from them was, um, I mean, I mean, and, and I'm in that story, you know, that was, that kind of happened to me just, you know, I was succeeding at what I was doing. I put the work in and then kind of having that just kind of pulled right from under us. But, you know, it's it's the adversity as especially as a professional athlete that you know we all we all hope to overcome, we all hope to learn from, to grow from, and to uh and, and to you know be ready for that next door that opens for us. So so hopefully something good comes out of this in the long run. That's for sure. This is Taylor Russolino, the former kicker of the Battlehawks. You could have uh, felt sorry for yourself and and sat there throughout the pandemic, but you didn't. You you took took action right away and you did it. Because of somebody very close to you, your fiance, Gabrielle, is a registered nurse. She is on the front lines, and you have experienced up close what kind of a strain this has put on medical workers. So you took action. Taylor, what did you do? So, uh, you know, her coming home from work on a, on a daily basis here and the different stories of, you know, them as a staff on, on a unit, you know, certain units in the hospital, um, them getting the opportunity to to indulge in catered meals from, from you know, people in the community around the area. You know, people were donating supplies and, and all the essentials needed to just make their job easier as, as they're at work, you know, on a busy, busy shift, you know, just to kind of put them at ease as much as we can. So I kind of took the initiative to start a GoFundMe page, you know, was able to raise a few thousand dollars and then was able to allocate that to a few various hospitals that were dear to me. And, you know, and it was cool because I was also able to help out a few small businesses, you know, who were able to provide meals. Um, So I basically set it up to where those um, each respective business would, would cater um, meals to about two or three of the units in that hospital that day. So, so just to be able to provide something um, of nutritional value to those people and to give them, you know, a little sense of, you know, just them showing that others are thinking about them, that others are caring and praying and, and wishing nothing but the absolute best for them on a daily basis. So, so it was something that, you know, something easy to do that didn't take too much, too, too much time and too much hard work, but obviously the benefits of it are, are, are awesome. And just to see the smile on their face and, and a little sense of accomplishment from my end just to be able to 
you know, had the opportunity to help and provide for them was, was really cool. I see that GoFundMe page is still active, and it's called Nutritional and Supply Efforts for COVID Heroes. It was started by Taylor Russolino, the former Battlehawks kicker, who is our guest. And on top of that, you teamed up with Sugar Fire and Emos. And you talk about two St. Louis giants in food right there to provide meals for healthcare workers at DePaul Hospital in St. Louis. And I think that's wonderful, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I'm, I'm glad I was able to, to do that for sure. So That's fantastic. It really is. I see that you're about uh, – I'm going to check out that page myself, see if I can't put a donation up there and keep that going. I think it's wonderful. By the way, uh, you and Gabrielle were going to get married this year. I have to assume that's been pushed back a little bit. It was. We were supposed to get married on May 23rd, um, and unfortunately, we did have to push that back um, to a later date, and that date is going to be April 24th, 2020. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to maybe push it back to June or July, but, you know, good thing we didn't because, you know, in New Orleans, which is where we're getting married, the restrictions are still pretty um, pretty enforced. So so we, we are next April will be the day, so we're looking forward to it. You know, we're we're just as happy as we are, you know, have we had gotten married two months ago. So it's all good over here. And, you know, we're supporting one another and, and we'll, we'll be more than ecstatic when that day comes. Well, we know you're a New Orleans guy, but we appreciate you adopting St. Louis as another city of yours. And Taylor Russolino, a short time as the kicker of the Battlehawks, but as you've shown over a, an equally long period of time, uh, you've already turned around the hearts of a lot of people here and, and helped our frontline workers, and that's that's big. I hope that uh, you're kicking field goals in the NFL for a long time. That's my hope for you, and and much more. Yep, yep. That's the plan. That is the plan. You know, I'm working every single day, staying in shape, um, staying ready, you know, staying in contact with my agent, um, being in touch with a few teams here and there and, and, and kind of seeing what, what happens with this NFL season as we approach, you know, training camp basically is, is already underway. And once these players hit the field, you know, hopefully the ball keeps rolling. So I'll be more than ready for when that phone call comes. And, and I do have confidence that it, that it'll come here soon. So, so I'm excited and I'm ready and, and I look forward to what's next for sure. Stay well. Give our best to Gabrielle. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You all have a phenomenal rest of this Sunday and, and caca and cheers. <laughs> caca. There he is. Taylor Russolino. Love it. The kicker for the Battlehawks. Thanks for joining us. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.